I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is A Lot To Learn with Austin Rogers. For the guy who knows everything, he's still got a lot to learn. Without further ado, here's Austin. Uh, welcome, 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 welcome. Uh, good morning, afternoon, evening. I don't know what time it is. It's a podcast. Today is awesome because we are here with my Jeopardy nemesis friend of me, an actual good friend, <laughs> the indomitable Buzzy Cohen. Hi, thank you for having me, Austin. This is this is going to be great. Uh, ordinarily, what we do on this show is we talk about the thing behind the thing, you know, uh, your hidden talent or how to excel at a career or the intricacies of a career that no one actually knows about. But since it's buzzy, we're just going to talk about uh, let's let's do the whatever. Re- let's do the real thing. <laughs> All right, the philosophy of the game that we play. Got it. Okay. All right. So here's my philosophy. Okay. Yeah. Everyone up on the lecterns at Jeopardy knows 90%. Yes. Everyone knows 90%. Yes. So to excel at that 90%, the buzzer is the critical element. Absolutely. But if you should not excel at the 90%, knowing that extra 10% is also a critical element. Yes. Also because that 10% tends to be... Higher value of higher value than the ninety percent. Right. So when I was training before I went on, what I did was I'd watch episodes and I wouldn't keep track of my score. I keep track of what in Jeopardy parlance they call triple stumpers. Right. I keep track of how many uh, how many questions that the three players on the game I was watching failed to answer correctly or did not ring in on. Right. And so I would go into each. Final Jeopardy in my head, I'd be like, I'm plus seven, I'm plus nine, I'm plus six. Got it. And in reality, that's sort of how it happened. I would go into Final Jeopardy, like, I'd be like, I would get those last four questions, and I'd be like, I'm going in plus seven, I'm going in plus nine. Um, What did you do to train? So the first time I was on the show, the first time I was on the show, I didn't really do a very thorough or unique training. I kind of did what everyone does, which is watch a lot of the show, um, watch with a pen, just, you know, kind of, and, and you can, if, if people go back and watch my initial run, like there were a lot of unconvincing wins, (laughs) you know, like, you know, I was the only one who got final jeopardy, but I wasn't in the lead going in or you know, there was one time my Tuesday game, my second game, which I should have ended me. The guy was way ahead and just blew it on final. And I was able, especially the first five days to skate by the second tape day. What I changed was I stopped guessing and I realized what, how many people like in in the tournament of champions that first game I was up one of the guys I was up against was Pranjal who's very fast and a very aggressive player but he guesses a lot right and that if you think about it like a bad guess is 
it's like missing a daily double. Right, because it's it's not it's not minus two thousand. It's minus, minus four thousand because it's what you would have had if exactly. you had. Yes, exactly. exactly. So I think that this the being able to exercise the self control to not guess a lot, which is hard for people because you're like, oh, I think I know it. Oh, maybe it's this. So being having setting a threshold where it's like, um more than 85% sure or I'm 100% sure I've got this and and being able to sit pat and not buzz in is just as much of a skill as buzzing in quickly. Okay, great. Uh, so um, for those of you who are unaware, uh, Jeopardy tapes five episodes a day. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is in the morning. You take a lunch break and then Thursday, Friday is in the afternoon. It is a grueling, relentless schedule, and it both benefits and hinders the returning champion. One, the returning champion gets momentum, but two, you're freaking exhausted. Yes, and that was actually, you know, it's interesting. We had very different reactions from the public from our runs. Like you, everyone, I think loved how aggressively you played, and like you'd have a you'd have a runaway game, and you'd still bet a lot in final. Whereas I, when I I had three runaway games in my nine sh- nine show run, and I would bet zero because for that exact reason, I was like, here is another five minutes where I can just relax. Okay, and I took advantage of that, and I was just like, okay, I'm not gonna overtax myself, and it's like you know they say. The ability, like a Jeopardy win, is worth about twenty thousand dollars. Right. So, I'd rather sit back, relax, and know I'm going to come back, versus tr- having to spend some time and maybe stressing about that final. Also, I don't really like Final Jeopardy. I see. I love Final Jeopardy. <laughs> that's that is that's my that is my round. Yeah. Double Jeopardy and Final Jeopardy. The last two daily doubles yeah. and Final Jeopardy. That's my jam. I see. My whole thing. I love Double Jeopardy, and I love my whole thing is like volume. And to me, the pace of it is part of. I, I get into that rhythm, and Final Jeopardy doesn't sh- stop. It, it's like it. Final Jeopardy. It's like you have you have the category. You stare at the category for like five minutes. Just staring at it. Oh yeah, guessing yeah, what yeah. it might be. It's like oh. it's too slow for me. Like it, like oh, part okay. of it is like getting I, into I, my unconscious. I get you. with the fast pace. I do better. So with me, Final Jeopardy is like the category comes up, and I go, "It's going to be one of these three things," and right. invariably it is. Right. But, but that screwed us. Yes, it that does. screwed us on inventions. Uh-huh. Well, it screwed me on inventions. Uh-huh. Because <laughs> then you overthink it all. Right. Uh, because then you're like. No, no. You, you always yeah. go back to your. You should always go back to your first inclination, when, right? Like, well, it's funny because I was t- after the tournament of champions. I was at Pub Trivia, the O'Brien's Pub Trivia that you went to, and Brad Rutter was there. And I told him that my feeling is that Final Jeopardy is so different, even from a Daily Double. Like, because in a Daily Double, it's like in the flow of a game. It's pretty fast, but Final Jeopardy. It's you're just staring at it and you start to try to figure it out. And he said, he said, the worst thing you can do on Final Jeopardy is start going down a, a path of what you think it is. And if it's the wrong path, you're screwed. So the 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 discipline in that is just look away from the look question. Away. Look away. Look do, away. Do wait. your math on your head and then just wait for the question. Oh, it's a brand yeah. new question. You've yeah. never seen it before. Yeah. 
that's uh, that is actually a really that's that's really spot on. Yeah, because and and I think like I also came in the the first time I played. I played very different than the tournament, and my feeling was again going back to that. I like the volume and the speed thing. I tried to neutralize the game aspects. The game aspects being daily doubles and final jeopardy. When you can, you know, to me that's when it's less of raw trivia and more of a game, right? Where you're right, majoring. right. Where and and where 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 technique and gameplay is critical, right? Rather than I just know the answer, right? Yeah. So first time I was on, I was like, I'm going to be the I just know the answer guy, and not emphasize the game aspects. The second time in the tournament. I took obviously. I had prepared myself to take a totally different tactic. So I, I same thing with me. I'll tell you the only the only game I've ever played of Jeopardy, other than our final, was my semifinal because I let them beat up on themselves. Right, and I'm I I literally it's the only time I've ever dialed it back because. Everyone who's watched me play, right. I'm just like, wee, wee. Yeah. And that time I'm like, actually, I need to win this one. So I'm actually going to think about this. And I did think about it. And I'm like, I'm going to let you two fight it out, go right. crazy, right. keep right on there. And you're going to make some bad bets and it's going to mess everything up. Sure enough, they made some bad bets. Right. They messed themselves up. Yeah. And I went through. Right. And I'm like, wow. Strategy actually works. Yeah. yeah, and that was sort of like that's when I stopped guessing. If you, I had runaways, not with high scores, because what would happen is I would get a, a lead. People would start panicking and start guessing and that's, nag themselves. That's so I would yeah. have. I had like you know one of my games. I think I had like a thirteen or fourteen thousand dollar runaway. Yeah, which is insane. I mean, crazy, crazy talk. Yeah, but it's just like if you can gr- grab control and get people panicking. And a lot of my training for the tournament of champions. And my wife's gonna yell. She always yells at me when I start talking about how my I created this very idiosyncratic training program. Okay, but um, a lot of it was about um, preparing not just for the content, but also for the stress and into, even if you're having fun up there, it's an intense. It's an intense performance. Yes, um, yes, environment, especially. If you're a more reserved character, right. you know, uh, for those of you who, uh, so as I said earlier, it's five ga- games a day, but the, re- the the producers give you a rehearsal beforehand, and the rehearsal is a little lighthearted. It's run by the producers and the directors, and they're like, hey, everyone, there's 15 contestants, yeah. 16 contestants in the room, and they're all shuffled through randomly, and you get up, you're like, hey, have some fun, answer some questions, get acclimatized with the buzzer, blah, 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 and you're like, hey, it's light. Yeah. It's and then you're up on the lectern for the real time, and then it's not a producer coming out. Right. It's Alex Trebek coming out, yeah. and then it's like, oh, shit just got real, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, totally. And also, you, you know, you're you're up against people, and and you get you have those moments of frustration where you're like, I knew that one. Why couldn't I get it? You know, there's so many. You you watch back the shows, and you're like. I knew that, I knew that, I knew that, couldn't get in on the buzzer or, you know, couldn't come up with it fast enough or whatever. And all that stuff, it's very easy to let that kind of get under your skin if you're not acclimatized to just focusing on what's coming up next. Right, and almost have a, a, you know, a zen factor yeah. to it where you're like, it just washes over you. You, totally. get, you didn't get anything wrong. 
you got it wrong, but you don't register that you got it wrong. Right. You're not looking at the score. You're just right. like, keep getting things right. Yeah. Keep getting... And then you look over and you're pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Or you start building a strategy. Right. Um, obviously, pleasantly surprised is a way better situation yeah. to be in. Yeah. I mean, like, our finals, as an example, obviously, the first game of the finals was a disaster for me. I mean, obvi- like, honestly, I, I think... I, I don't want to speak for us, but I think both legs of our finals... <laughs> Other than your amazing daily double at the yeah. end, I think we were sort of bad in those. Yeah, totally. Like, I mean, I, but but what I will say is that I was still in third after the second day Jeopardy round. The first round, I was still in third, and I just I made a very still aggressive run. In third. After single Jeopardy, yes, yes. okay, yes, like yes, I yes. picked first in double Jeopardy yes. the second day, yes, and I managed to kind of like have a very aggressive run, and then I, when I made that daily double move, I just gotten into first right. for that day, yes, and it's like you need to be able to not get like bogged down by okay, I'm you know things aren't going my way. It's like there's always an opportunity to make a move. Uh, yes, I mean I. I I did. I did the math on the back of the napkin once, uh, and essentially, single Jeopardy is useless. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, mean it, it, unless you get the daily oh, double at you, an opportune moment. Yes, you, you've already got you know six thousand five hundred in the bank, and you get the daily double, and you go all in. Well, now it's not useless, but right. otherwise, it's sort yeah. of. And what it can be useful for, what I look at it as, is just kind of dialing in your buzzer timing and, yeah, and yeah. kind of getting a feel for your opponents more than anything. Um, yeah. Because you could hazard a couple random guesses but yeah. still maintain buzzer supremacy yeah. uh, in, in single Jeopardy. But you can't do that in double Jeopardy because, no. again, you lose $2,000, you yeah, actually I mean, like lose $4,000. Evil Weevil Retrieval was oh my god, I, I'm still kind of pissed uh, about that. What for, was a non uh, I just, uh, nope, 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 nope. Well, nope, also, nope. I you know I, I don't know if you remember, but when they stopped tape to discuss that, I was like protesting vehemently that the way that it was worded was pests was plural. So I said retrieval of my evil weevils. I pluralized the pests. Yeah, I, I see that's that the, 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 the oh I'm so frustrated. So okay, yeah, the, <laughs> it, exactly. The pedantry of it is what is most infuriating, and I. Loathe the clever rounds. Yeah, I loathe the clever rounds. Yeah, wordplay. I do like a before and after. Oh no, no, no! That's not obscenely clever. Yeah. That is logical. You know, yeah. Joe Louis Armstrong. Gotcha. Right. You yeah. know, Vince Neil Armstrong. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, but but evil weevil did retrieval beevils. Yeah. <laughs> or it's too much. nuns. Like I'm like or well, like there was something in nuns oh, funds. I I you I don't still even, can't I get don't it. Even, <laughs> I don't even know how I said it. I eventually got yeah. it, but uh, okay. So here's the question to you, Austin. The category is names to initials right, right. to Roman numerals right, right, to number. Right, right. George W. Bush's vice president. Okay, so it's uh, uh, okay. So D.C. Dick Cheney. Uh, that's 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 wait. What is D.C. D.C. six hundred, right? Correct. So you yeah. buzz in and have to say six hundred. Okay, so that took. Way too long, right? right there. But Ken just like blew through it. Okay. Uh, okay. 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 Give me another. Was there another one? Yeah. I mean, there were a ton. I mean, I don't know if that was one. Let me think of one. Okay. Um, 
the director of Fahrenheit 9-11? Uh, 2000. Correct, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. I, could, I could do that. Yeah, but, but to do it... Immediately, immediately, every single time. Right, it's like a little too clever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, you never, you never get a chance to look over at the writer's panel because, you know, the, the pace of the game is so frenetic. Right. But there were some times where I just wanted to just glare at them, be like, really? Yeah. Really, this is... I mean, hey, hey, Will Short's over there. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know how we got off on that. But, um, yeah, I mean... So I, I, I basically like retrain myself to use that stuff f- to my advantage, and also like to um, to acclimatize myself to some of the challenges that I knew I was going to face. Because as as we all experience, it's the tournament of champions was a much different experience. Oh, than the oh, game. oh! It is uh, the equivalent I always give is. You were, you know, the hottest player in high school and the middle school and elementary school. You were the team stud in Fort Lee, New Jersey. Right. And all of a sudden, you see your first 98-mile-an-hour f- baseball, and you're like, I am not right. the hot stuff I thought yeah. I was. There are people better. And I remember, I remember specifically Alan. Yeah. I mean, he is a... He is, he may be the best on the buzzer ever. Uh, I don't. I don't know if there's there's someone's done metrics on it. Yeah, comment on it. Whatever. I can just. Uh, we, I think we both can say anecdotally that he even after rehearsals, I was like, I do not want to go. No, that was exactly it on rehearsals because again, the rehearsals sort of lighthearted and yada yada yada. And I stood up there, and now I had the unique experience of coming off right. of my run. Like a two, two or three weeks ago. Yeah, you were the so mystery guest. None I, of us had seen you. We exactly. didn't know who you were. Yeah. So I, we taped the tournament of champions before my initial run ever even aired. Right. Yeah. So I had just finished my initial run end of July, and now we're taping the tournament of champions September, early September, late August, early September. Right. Um. So I'm I'm fresh and I'm good and I'm like yeah this is awesome. Meanwhile, some people like you had been. 18 months or so since you were on the show or something like that, right? Yeah, I mean, I taped um, March 2016. Right. And so we taped September. Yeah, so yeah, you so were a full, like full year and a half yeah. off the show. And I'm, I'm three months, I'm three months, I'm three weeks off. So I'm super excited. And then I go up and I'm like, hey, the tournament champions, hey, it's just going to be another cakewalk. Yeah, another hot knife through butter, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I sit up on the podiums for the first time and everyone's buzzing in. I'm like, oh God, <laughs> there's, yeah. there's that 98 mile an hour fastball that I ever yeah. saw before. <laughs> yeah, and my um, my semifinal match, like I, I know um, Lisa had some challenges in that she kind of she was just struggling with, you know, we we've all had those tough games and she has had a hard time kind of rolling with it. But Jason, like I still think if Final Jeopardy had been a different question and Jason, which had one was it, which one was yours? I don't remember. So it was me, the final, or no, 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 your this this semifinal. Okay, so it was me, Jason Sterlock. Yeah, yeah. No, Sterlock I remember the game. Lisa. I don't remember the Final Jeopardy. It was waiting for Godot. Aha. Yeah. Um, yes, and I if do. Remember Jason that. had if it had been a different question and Jason had gotten it, he I think he would have given you guys a run for your money. I mean, he's he's a monster. Uh, just the he, super fast on the buzzer, and also, I mean, I, I'm the first to admit that he's got a much stronger trivia breadth of knowledge, than right? I have. Right, and it was just, yeah. And and then there then there's the interesting thing of you know 
the T word using trivia. Jeopardy sometimes isn't trivia. Right. It's Jeopardy. Right. Like it's its own thing. It's its yeah. own thing, and it lives in its own ecosystem, and it exists in its own world. Yeah. Like if it ever says French Cathedral, it's gonna be Rem. Chartres or Notre Dame. Yeah. That's it, right? Yeah. If it ever says Cubist, it's going to be Picasso unless they're messing with you and it's George Brock, right? right? Yeah. Uh, So Jeopardy is this own little weird thing and you start... So on Good Morning America, they said, I cracked the code. I, I hacked the system. I'm like... No, I just figured out that they're just going to ask the similar things yeah. all the time, you yeah. know? Well, I always joke that, like, it's not really that funny, but it's like if there's a Shakespeare category, Cordelia is going to come up. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, in the bottom three yeah, yeah. rows. You yeah. know, it's like... <laughs> right, right, right. Um, yeah, uh, but, give, me, give me my Timon of Athens. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I totally agree with you, and I've often said, like, I'm not really good at trivia, but I'm good at Jeopardy, and... Other, I think I think we've proven that at O'Brien's on numerous occasions. Yeah, totally. And like Um, you know, I do some (laughs) online trivia stuff, and I'm not that great (laughs) at. I mean, I can do it, but I'm not like I'm not a dominant person. But I I also feel like every time I go back to Jeopardy, I I think I can could win. Yeah, no, I. You know what I mean? (laughs) I was just I just attended a taping two days ago, and you know I, I met our stage mom Maggie. Yeah, who's the coolest person on earth. And I'm just sitting there, and uh, she looks up at me, and she's like, you had this one. I'm like, yeah, duh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, it's funny. So so talking again about, like, prepping for the, the intensity and the gruelingness, like, the first time I was on the show, the one thing that just happened to ha- happen for me was that, you know, around the time I got the call, I s- started going to a gym. I'd never gone to a gym before in my life. I'd never well, exercised. Th- this is going to be a perfect segue. That's what I thought you would like a good segue. <laughs> I love the segues. So um, it was just like I, I, you know, I've talked about my um, struggles with depression, and it was just like I was hitting a, a real challenging point in my personal life, and I decided to change something. A kind of like sort of personal training gym opened up across from where I was working at the time, and I decided, hey, like if I'm gonna like. I'm going to start taking care of myself a little bit better. So I started doing that. And when I, when I played, I realized that, man, you don't think about it, but there's some standing on that stage all day. In hard shoes. In hard shoes. Because you can't wear sneakers. And your, your, your body, as loose as you can be, your body's got some tension in it just trying to buzz in and all that stuff. And also, you're cognizant that you're on camera, so you're, yeah. you're working your posture. You, know, yeah. you don't want to look like a slouch or anything, yeah. or you don't want to be leaning over. Yeah. Yes, yes. So, so I was like, wow, I, think, I really think that getting my body into better shape made a difference for me. To be able to go, like just to have the endurance to be up there. Absolutely, um, absolutely plausible, both, yeah. both physically, but more importantly, mentally. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, yeah, totally. And like, you know, your back starts hurting. Like, I knew kind of how to like stretch out my hips and, you know, during commercial breaks and reset myself. And so I think that that was a, that was a big um, help. So after I, like a couple months after my shows aired, I actually got Lyme disease and I had to stop, um, stop training because I was like walking with a cane and I was misdiagnosed. I started to have like central nervous system stuff where I could not even like follow a train of thought. Um, my whole family, like my, my father recently had a stroke. Uh, 
and we're ninety percent sure it's associated with long term yeah. Lyme disease. Yeah, because uh, I mean, you're from New Jersey. Yeah, I'm from Westchester County, New York, right across the river, and. Uh, Lyme disease is endemic yeah. in there. I mean, it's named after Lyme, Connecticut, which yeah. is right around the corner. And everyone in my family has had Lyme disease. You know, you, what you do is you get a little tiny deer tick. They're they're the size. They're smaller than a period on yeah. a twelve font. Yeah, uh, a twelve point font, and you'll get a little ring around. Yeah, and I didn't even get the ring. Cause yeah, they say something like only thirty percent of the people actually get that rash. Yeah. Um, so everyone in my family has had yeah. that ring or that rash, and some like two of my brothers have developed it, and my mom and I haven't, and my dad did, and you know, it's in. I think it was only discovered in like 1981 or something. Yeah. Like that. Well, they they had they, what happened was in in Connecticut there were this rash of um, of juvenile arthritis. Really, and what they realized was it was it was in fact not juvenile arthritis, but this bacteria. Right. So what was interesting for me is I actually had juvenile arthritis as a young person. I got uh, diagnosed around age thirteen. So when I started having these joint symptoms, you thought it was an onset of the doctors thought it was an onset. Oh, because it's I, in your books. Yeah, and also the Lyme disease test came back negative. And all of the blood tests show inflammation. It's like, oh, okay, it's this. So I started taking medicine for anthocytis-related arthritis, which is basically an, the medicine I was taking was a really targeted immune suppressant, okay. which did not help me fight Lyme disease. Because <laughs> the, yeah. the doctors are thinking it's coming from inside you, so yeah. they're giving you the immune suppressant, but it's not coming inside you. You need to actually have yeah. it. Yeah, got it. Yeah. So... Luckily, my wife was like, let's do all the tests again. And I came back very positive for Lyme disease. So I started, I, I took uh, a month of doxycycline and I was better. But right around that time, I was having um, these central nervous system things. So I thought I wasn't going to be in the Tournament of Champions because I couldn't book plane tickets because I couldn't follow the idea from one page of booking a ticket to the next. Wow. I couldn't, I would, you know, I was working and I was taking copious notes because it was sort of like I was really high and I knew the words that people were saying made sense, but I couldn't follow the idea from the beginning of the sentence. You were straight up memento. Yeah. But it was like within a sentence. That's crazy. It was really, it was really scary. I remember exactly when it was going on and we can probably backdate it. It was when, um, Lin-Manuel Miranda was the host of SNL because I remember watching it yes. and hearing he did his like opening rap thing and I was like, he's just saying words. This is nonsense because wow. I couldn't string it together. So That's around, scary. It was really scary and I was because walking with a you're, cane. You're in, you're in, but you know you're out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't. Yeah, it was nuts. And so luckily, um, you know, I, I got on the doxycycline and within a week or two, my symptoms were gone and within a month, you know, I was, I was clear. So I, when I got the call, this is a long walk too. I got the call for the tournament of champions and I called the trainer again. I said, Hey, I'm going to go back on. Let's, let's get me back into shape right. for this. Right, so, right, right. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And what the thing I added was when I was at the gym, I would have him quiz me. And the reason for <laughs> that was I was trying to find, you know, my, I'd take, we had taken my daughter to um, Disneyland for her birthday. And I was like, splash, like the closest thing to the experience of being on Jeopardy is if you were to have someone ask you questions while you were going down Splash Mountain. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like you kind of, there's all these things that are trying to stop you from coming up with the question, like the lights and the other people and da 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 da. It's like if you can still do it in that, then you're good. It's like uh, Arlie Ermey's uh, audition for um, uh, Full Metal Jacket. Uh-huh. He, was the, he was the military advisor, yeah. but he wanted the role of the drill sergeant, so he self taped himself. Hurling a string of obscenities at the camera while his friends pelted him with tennis balls. Right. And he never repeated a, an insult. Right. And Kubrick was like, I guess you got the job, right? Right. That's exactly. what Jeopardy yeah. is like. Yeah, you're, exactly. You're standing up there getting, you're getting Pelted buckets with, of water and, yeah. and live fish thrown at your face. Right. Like UHF with Weird Al. Yeah. And you still got to answer, you know, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Exactly. Who is Rosencrantz? Yeah, exactly. So, um, short of getting like an annual pass to Disneyland, what I realized was like, hey, you know, like being under the stress of hanging from like a chin up bar for 30 seconds and having to name, you know, random best picture, best actors, Booker Prize winners, National Book Award, you know, just having, you know, uh, mascots of state schools, all that stuff, it was like a pretty good approximation of having your mind pass through the I don't want to come up with this I want to deal with like the stress and the pain or whatever having to get through that to the answer to almost an automatic response exactly it's almost it's almost knee jerk and, and and you know I'm working on this book now that's kind of on this subject of how to how to prepare for performances right we, so this stems from your your weightlifting correct well no the weightlifting stemmed from this oh other so, way around yeah. okay so talk a little bit Buzzy is as in for <laughs> for a New York bartender whose athleticism consists solely of biking to work on flat New York streets. Buzzy is a unique hobby. Yeah, actually, no, it's more of a lifestyle now, and that's admirable. Yeah, it's just alien to me. Let's yeah, go. no, it, it was alien to me too. I mean, like I said, I'd never been to the gym. I would prided myself on never going to the gym <laughs> um, when I was. A kid, you know, I remember I was over at a friend's house and his mom wanted, you know, the, the, where there were like four boys over, like, can you help me move this table? And it's like, not buzzy. (laughs) And the reason was he's a weakling. So, um, yeah, so it's, I'm sort of like, uh, I think it's like Mike, Mike Katz in Pumping Iron. He like had that, like, you know, you're a scrawny Jew boy. So yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I definitely had that chip on my shoulder, but basically I'd been going to the gym and because it was part of my Jeopardy training, I was going a lot because I was like, I'm really trying to get ready for this. I was going four days a week. It was 
fun because you know it was like i'd be like pushing a sled with 315 pounds and naming presidents backwards you know just i i made it fun the challenge is the challenge yeah right and and kind of what what happened was we taped the tournament of champions and i came in before that based on my initial run like um Alex Jacob, who had won the previous tournament, handicapped me at like third or fourth from the bottom based on my initial performance on the show, which I think is 100% fair. As I said, not very convincing ones. But, but now the competitive spirit is turned up to 11 because you're like, oh, oh, you want this? I'm going. Yeah, and also I was just like, I saw it as like a challenge to myself, like how, what can I do? And granted, that handicap had only come out after I'd already been training and stuff like that. But being able, you know, Whoever won the tournament, you know, we were all kind of like on, I think, equal footing, a different question, a different luck. It was, it was you, it would have been absolutely that, that was, that was those, that two leg game would have been a one question game. And the one question game was either Montpelier or or your daily double. Yeah. You got the one question. Yeah. You know, that would have been it. And, and that's what, that's why. That's why the game's so amazing because yeah. you got three dice up there and you just could have rolled it and yeah. however it goes. And and I think that as as great as Alex's um, win in the tournament champions was, it wasn't really. It was a little hard to watch because he was just mowing through the competition, yes, whereas yes. we were like kind of duking it out a little bit more. And so I think it allowed people, it gave people a way in um, who are watching at home. So after that, I was like, wow, I really brought myself up a level is how I like I really achieved something that I didn't think was possible. And so I was like I kind of it wasn't competition, it was like I wanted to see how I could push myself. Right, right. It's like when you play golf. Yeah. You're not playing the other golfers, you're playing you're, you're playing against the course and yourself exactly. and your own inhibitions, exactly. you know. Exactly. You know, it's like my my you know, I get teased about it a lot now, but Creed, my like my, the movie that's that yeah that's your uh, this. yeah 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 you know Rocky Balboa says it's you against you and he first brings that up in Rocky Four when when Apollo Creed is like uh, you know I want to fight this guy it's like are you sure it's this, this guy you want to fight Ivan Drago or you know maybe it's it's yourself that you're fighting against so I was like it's me against me and I I was at the gym afterwards and I it wasn't like I was looking for something but I was just like you know my trainer had this trophy from he had won some random deadlift competition five years ago or something. And I said, and I'd started doing what are called Romanian deadlifts. Okay, what is that? Okay, a Romanian deadlift is, uh, imagine you could be holding dumbbells or a barbell. You're standing up, and you bend over and get the bar to about your mid-shin and stand back up. At the waist or at the knees? It's just arms extended. So your arms, arms are extended. extended. Yep. Your arms are straight down. Your arms yep. are straight down. And you bend over. Yep. And just get the, you know, your arms are still straight and you get yep. it to about mid shin and yep. then stand back up. Gotcha. gotcha. So um, I was like, oh, these feel really good. It's like a really good hamstring stretch. Feel, You know, I'm like, these are kind of fun. And what's really fun about them, especially when you're starting out, your arms feel how heavy the bar is, but your arms aren't doing the lifting. Because it's all your, I got it's it. A it's a lower body it's your, Yes. So I was like, wow, this is kind of fun. And I... Turned to him. I don't think I'd, I think I'd maybe done 95 pounds. And I said, how long would it take you to train me to win a deadlift competition? 
I think what I actually said is, do we have enough time for you to train me to win the competition that you had won? It turns out that that competition didn't exist anymore. But we found the AAU, Amateur Athletes Union, uh, national powerlifting competition was in July. And I said, do we have time? He's like, it's going to be tight, but let's try it. Let's this see. Is, this is amazing. And it was totally like on a whim one day at the gym. And I was like, all right, let's do it. Let's do it. I'd never done a deadlift. Yeah. A proper deadlift. Yeah. A Romanian deadlift is not quite a, So a deadlift, just let's, let's go back. So Deadlift is completely from the ground, right? Yeah, so it's Got dead it. weight, right? Yes. You're lifting, where, as opposed to a bench press or a squat where the bar starts elevated and it's pulling you down and yes. you push it back up. understood. The deadlift is dead weight on the ground that you basically you bend over, you grab it, all of all you of, stand up. All of the inertial force is all on you. Yeah. So... Um, so yeah, so we, he was like, let's see how much you can deadlift. And so I actually kind of exceeded his expectations and I am having never done one before I lifted 300 pounds, <laughs> which is a lot. It's I, a lot. I, I, I'm um, assuming it, it sounds a lot and I'm yeah. assuming it is a lot. So from there I was like, oh man, sky's the limit, blah, 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 blah. Um, I had a very difficult training. I had a bunch of injuries. I had trouble getting my technique dialed in. There was a lot of times when I wanted to quit, and I just eventually, you know, like we figured out kind of some exercises to strengthen me, and then I got my mind around the the technique that worked for me, and then the strength started shooting up. So I tested again, you know, like three or four months later, and I was still at 300 because I had all these injuries. I was having trouble with the technique, and then like two months later, I got another like 40 pounds and then another 10 pounds. And then, you know, I had a personal record by accident at the warm up to the meet. Uh, and I ended up winning the meet in my weight class. With That's a lift amazing. Of what was 402 it? pounds. Well, it's in, it's in kilos. So right, like 182.5 yeah, kilos. Got it. That is amazing. That's amazing. I mean, that's so fascinating to like, I, I don't know what this is, but I'm going to do it and I'm going to look at that trophy and I want, I want to do that. I want to do that from ground zero. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. And there are people that are, have kind of done it. And I think, you know, there's like the Dan plan guy. Are you familiar with him? No, I'm not Dan plan. Dan plan was this guy and he was like, I've never played golf. I am going oh. to quit my job and get onto the, PGA tour. Oh no, I'm thinking of another guy who uh there's another guy out there who he just he's like, I have never made pasta. I'm going to learn how to make pasta yeah. in five minutes. So yeah, Dan Plan was sort of inspired by the outliers, Malcolm Gladwell, ten thousand hours. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh Anders Erickson thing. But recently it came out that Dan has abandoned it because he had a lot of injuries uh and he's kind of stuck. But he did he did incredibly well to begin with. So, you know, for me it was sort of like I wanted to I wanted to do something that was different than Jeopardy, that was different than just like a, a, a knowledge thing. That but still worked. innately competitive. Yeah, and for me, it was about a competition that that could show... The competition is a way to measure the accomplishment. Right. It's it doesn't like, matter how big the competition is. It is the goal right. to enter the competition 
from a base level of nothing and win. And win. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, because when I was injuring myself and I was like, I don't think I'm going to do this, my wife was like, why don't you just like, comp- like do it? I'm like, this isn't, no offense to anybody listening, this is not my midlife crisis marathon. I'm not doing this just to finish. Right, like, right. I'm doing this to, to see win. if I can win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I like the midlife crisis marathon because uh, yeah. you see those all the time. You yeah. know what? I'm going to do this. Yeah, I want to like, so for me it was, it was yeah, and and it was just like I, I really enjoyed seeing what I was capable of, and I think it it ties a little bit to the to the depression and my you know overcoming that of like wow I am capable of a lot you know I think Jeopardy my initial run the tournament of champions you know showed me that and it was just sort of like let's see where else I can take this and I think also having some real challenging goals and working towards them helps kind of stave off some of that. And also, you know, it's interesting because a lot of really high performers have come out recently and talked about depression. Uh, the Rock. Yep. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yep. Who I hip thrust more than he does. I just want to go ahead. And <laughs> uh, Michael Phelps. Yep. And I, I, and, and, you know, those are just, you know, big names, but I think part of it and, and you and I are wired differently. So I don't think you have this necessarily, but you might, which is the voice that tells you you're not good enough can lead you to depression. If it isn't focused on you're not good enough. So you need to keep working. Right. Right. Whereas people who, there are a lot of people who don't have, they're like, Oh yeah, I, you know, like I can, you know, go out and play tennis and hit the ball with my friend or whatever. There isn't that voice saying, no, you need to be better. And when you have a focus, like a, a hobby or something you're preparing for, that is a very powerful tool. When you don't have that, you is spiral. It will totally destroy you. Yep. Uh, so it was interesting. I was talking recently um, with a friend of mine who's an actor, actress, whatever, and uh, she's like, "You're in a room full of nine point fives, right? And they're all depressed because there's a nine point six right there. Yeah. And she's like, "There's one of two ways to do it." Either A, you get into the spiral, you get into the complex, or B, you go, no, 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 I can control the things I can control, so I don't care if she's more beautiful than I am, and I don't care if every other girl in here is in awe of her beauty, I'm a better actor. I'm going to nail this audition. I'm going to out-act her and control what I can control. I cannot control these external factors of beauty and age and youth but I can control that I am a better actor, right? Yeah, totally. And that's a lot of like what that, going back to the Jeopardy training, my whole thing was like, there are going to be, you're going to hit speed bumps. You're going to have things don't go your way. You're going to have somebody else get the daily double you wanted, or you're going to mess up a question that you know you know. It's not about there, it's not about eliminating speed bumps. It's about building better shock absorbers. And I think by training yourself, not just with the content of, in her case, like being an actress, but also being able to get the rejection or get the feedback that she didn't expect and be able to take it and go with it. Yes. That's the equivalent, right? Exactly. Or for us, it's like, okay, moving on. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, I, did I, I get that wrong? I don't remember because I've got more stuff to do. Right. I've got more stuff to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, so yeah, I went through, I went through a dark phase and, uh, 
And that was sort of what I did. I, you know, I'm like every single night, I'm like, I'm getting my guitar and I'm yeah. going to write some songs and blah, 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 blah. Most of the songs were pretty yeah. terrible, but I'm like, this is what I, I'm like, and yeah. I'm going to write this story. I'm not going to publish it. I'm just going to write this right. story because this is if I have something to do and this is my goal to finish this thing. Yeah. The demons, they don't evaporate. Right. They're focused. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think that, you know, the weightlifting was kind of like, okay, I, I need, I want to try something else. And, and again, I, I sort of liked how it was a total 180. From right, right. And I, I kind of, I told some people, I told a couple people that I was doing this training, but I wasn't very public, even on my more personal social media stuff. So I just posted me with a medal and me lifting 400 pounds and everyone was like what, what the fuck? <laughs> which i you know i love that i you love know, like the, the reveal the reveal is the reveal is pretty cool yeah. you know like uh hi when like when i when i bought this random car everyone's yeah. like where are you i'm like hi i'm in utah and they're like what are you doing in utah yeah. i'm like you know i didn't tell anyone i'm just yeah. one day poof i'm yeah. in utah yeah the reveal is pretty sweet yeah yeah and i think that you know I, I talked with a friend of mine who's a director when I was starting out this uh, weightlifting thing, and he was like, maybe you know you do it like in a different format where you like kind of like make it a social media project where you talk about your training and every week or whatever. And I'll, no, this is for me. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I also was like, that's interesting, but that's also like not my style of how I. That's just not my style, right? Like, right, right. I'm not very. I'm not private, but I, I'm not like. I don't think. I'm not into kind of like oversharing. Right, um, right. Yeah. No, I got you. So, I, and I don't, part of it maybe is like insecurity, like who would find that interesting? But I think, I, I, think <laughs> it's, I think it's fascinating, especially the narrative that you knew nothing about this and you just said, I want to do this. I want to yeah. excel at it. I'm going to single mindedly focus on it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's inspirational. I hate, I hate the word inspirational, yeah. but it's super cool. Yeah. Like, and I mean, like, to go back to what we were talking about earlier with the arthritis, like, I have issues with my back because I, the arthritis was in my back. Right. And so to do something which, can be very back intensive, like you know every my. You know who you are. Who's that? You're 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 Teddy freaking Roosevelt. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, you're asthmatic little Teddy freaking Roosevelt yeah. who's like, I am going to go out there. I'm going to box my way through Harvard, and yeah. then I'm going to ride an elephant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to go. You know, go show how tough I am by herding cattle and uh, yeah, shooting it, it, buffalo. It, exactly, exactly. Yeah. I, I got to get across a river. Yeah. I'm going to hail a moose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you know, it's like the people who do the ultra marathons, it's like, what are they running from? No. You know, and it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah I, am, I mean, I am kind of like fighting off who I thought I was and finding out who I could be, you know. Right. And and you you reach these critical mass points where everything just totally changes. I mean, I I think I actually had mine uh before Jeopardy. Yeah. When I started bartending. Yeah. I'd been an office drone, I'd been an events planner, I worked in advertising and I thought then you get this and then you're the corner right. office and then you're blah 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 blah. Turns out I am infinitely unwired to any of that. Right. 
turns out I'm perfectly wired to hanging out with my friends, having great conversation, staying up late and serving my friends beers and drinks at a bar. Yeah. And uh, the way I always put it is, if I had never done Jeopardy, I would still be just as happy because I found I should not be sitting at a desk wearing a tie. Yeah. I should be out there talking to people, having my days to myself and my nights to my work. Um, and yeah, yeah, once you once you find, and I think everyone out there can find it's it, it may be, it's not quit your job. By the way, it's not do yeah. not quit your job. Make sure you have money. But I think you can all find th- that. That drive thing that uh, that I, I'm going to start riding 50 miles on my bike a day, and then yeah. you've got it, you know. Yeah, and I think, you know, my narrative is a little different because I was still really struggling with the depression, like the day before I went into tape. You know, it was, you know, my birthday, which was two days before my initial tape day, was like really dark and the day after I was in a really bad place. I'm sorry, man. And uh, no, I mean, it's just, this is what happens. And, and I think Jeopardy helped in like booing me up a little bit and kind of giving me something really positive and something that like, yeah, I got lucky and yeah, blah, blah, blah. But like nobody could ever take it away from me. No, you know, there no. was nothing, there was no way. And so it was it like, I, I, I wouldn't go so far as to say like, I wouldn't have, gotten out of that place without Jeopardy, but it really helped me. And when things got hard or get hard, like I still have that that I can look back on. And basically what I'm just trying to do is add more of that stuff. You know, like um, the deadlift is like another thing that like I did that. I lifted 400 pounds. Like, you know, I was talking to my trainer because the meet was in Vegas and, you know, you fly out from LA to Vegas and there's all these like muscly dudes or whatever, <laughs> um, you know, going to the club or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, yes, and, yes. Um, and I, w- I was like, are those guys stronger than me? Because like, <laughs> he's like, not a lot of people can deadlift 400 pounds. Right, like, right. Even like if they've got big muscles, like, because it's it is mind over matter and it's, it's mind over matter. It's a lot of technique and yeah. it's repetition and refining your and moves. It, and what you learn, and this is an interesting thing that like uh, I'm I find myself kind of explained to people is like there's sort of three things that get conflated. There's weightlifting, which is Olympic weightlifting, which yep. is a totally different thing. A lot of flexibility, a totally different technique. Those are the things like the snatch, the clean and jerk that you yep, see. Yep, 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 yep. The, the, the weight ends up over the guy's head. Yes, right? which are really acrobatic almost. Yeah, a very, very technique focus and something that I would never do. I know, I think they're getting popular again because uh, they're a big part of CrossFit. So yeah, so I think that those are kind of getting in popularity again because I, I I've never done CrossFit, but I, I think they're a big part of CrossFit. You know how I know you've never done CrossFit? Because I didn't. Because you don't talk about <laughs> CrossFit. CrossFit is the yeah. opposite of Fight Club. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so then there's um, powerlifting, which is what I participated in. That's deadlift, bench press, squat. And there are, people do full meets. I just did the deadlift. Um, and again, they're called powerlifting because it's there is a lot of technique, but it's less technical than the Olympic lifting. And then there's bodybuilding, which, which is, is a whole nother, a whole nother thing. So people look, I mean like doing a bodybuilding program and doing a powerlifting program or a weightlifting program are very different. So people are like, you don't, you don't look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. Because I'm not targeting my muscles for sculpting for competition. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And, um, so a lot of people who do bodybuilding 
do the powerlifting stuff as a part of it, but they also do a lot of really targeted, you know, um, targeted muscle stuff that I'm doing more gross, multi, full body. I mean, one of the reasons that I really like the deadlift is that it is a full body lift. Like, it really engages almost every muscle except for your chest. Right. So I really like that it's like you have a lot of... um, resources to draw from when you get stuck. Right, right. And it's a very functional lift as opposed to the, you know, people are like, how much can you bench? It's like, who the fuck cares? Because that's all you can do. Right. And, and Eddie Hall, who had the world record for uh, deadlift at one point, he's an English guy. And there's a great doc on Netflix called Eddie Strongman about his goal to be the strongest man in the world and set a world record for deadlift. He said like, the the deadlift is like the most pure expression of strength. Like, if you can deadlift the most of anybody in the world, you are you the are the strongest person. person. Yeah, because you said there's a lot of resources you could draw upon. So like mid lift, you can feel like okay, legs aren't cutting it. Got to implement the arms or something. Well, like yeah, that. and and there's a bunch of different techniques, and a lot of the techniques uh, vary based on your particular s- structure, like how you, I'm I'm a taller, thinner guy and so i do more of a hinge where i'm working the glutes whereas guys who are stockier and shorter do more of a squat almost just a, vert- like, a verticality to yeah, it you yeah, know exactly. they can come up and then go down and yeah. you're you're more leverage i'm using the leverage exactly but even exactly. when i'm doing the leverage i need my back and my abs to be totally locked out or else you're going to hurt your back right you right need, you need basically the the to give your but something to push against. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. you know, you're using all that stuff. Um, well, it's like when, you know, sometimes I go on lengthy bike rides. I yeah. know it doesn't look like it because <laughs> I've got other issues. Uh, but I go on lengthy bike rides and I'll notice other cyclists not sitting properly. Yeah. The bicycle seat is meant to be an extension of your skeleton. Right. So you lock your skeleton to the back of the seat, and you're not going to have any stress. You're not going to have any chafing. You're not going to have anything because those two little nubs at the back of the seat is where you lock, I guess, your pelvic bones, Mm -hmm. and then there you go. There's your skeleton part of the bike. And I see people sitting on a bike. I'm like, that has got to be so uncomfortable for anything longer than... 11 seconds, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Um, Yeah, and you see it with with runners. You know, I'm not a runner, but I remember I went to school in New York and a buddy of mine who, who was a great runner he, we would go and hang out in Central Park, and you see people running around the reservoir. He's like, horrible stride. Yes, and and even <laughs> even as a non-runner, I mean, innately humans are. There's that whole theory that humans are the, run. are the runner. Yeah, uh, and uh, it's. I can't tell you what's right, but I know that that's yeah. wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's. I don't know where we're going with this, but no, no, it, we're, it doesn't matter where we're going because it's it's absolutely stimulating, uh, you know, because everyone knows what Buzzy's like, yeah, and and all of a sudden finding Buzzy list for nah, nah, yeah, and it, I, I, I and I'm trying to like I don't know that I'm actively looking for another thing, but there's oh there is something in the back of my mind that's like. What's next? Right, right. But but I I I have the faith in you that the what's next is not going to be the midlife crisis marathon or like no. we should do we should do Kilimanjaro. <laughs> well, I, Kilimanjaro was initially on the list, 
and I pulled I pulled it off for exactly that reason. Uh, I pulled it off for exactly that reason. It's like um, when I'm on when I'm on uh, when I'm on uh, online dating sites when I'm on yeah. Bumble or Tinder. I'm like, no way, you went to Machu Picchu too. Right. right. So I, I mean, just had to find myself in yeah. Machu Picchu. Yeah. Um, but there have been some other ideas. Um, uh, none of them. The challenge, the, the tricky thing for me is that, you know, I thought maybe something in cooking could be interesting. I really enjoy cooking. And Cooking's there are cool. like a chili, like try to win a chili cook-off in Texas would be very hard. Okay, so I is this what the book is going towards? No, it's not. Oh, because the book should be, I'm going to go win things, yeah. you know? Well, it is, and it's basically like, here is how, not necessarily win things, but the, the, the idea of the book is that we have all of these important things in our lives that we, where we need to perform, and we need to perform really well. Right. Like, even if you're not going on Jeopardy, no, you know, the percentage of people going on Jeopardy is small. I think 80,000 people take the test and 400 people are on the show every season. So. Yeah, 80,000 take the test, 4,000 make it to the in-person audition, yeah. 400 make it. Yeah. So it's so I'm not talking to those people, although those people might benefit from the book. What I, who I'm talking to are the people who need to give a presentation on work, at work, need to raise money for their company and, and talk to people. And make a sales call, you make know? Make a sales call, uh, give a best man speech, uh, or a maid of honor speech. Whatever it is, there, there are moments in your life where you're asked to perform at your best, and we don't... we. We know we need to prepare. We don't know how to prepare. Correct. Correct. For things like athletics and music, there are very there are clear, coaches, and there are very clear methods yes. for preparing for these other things. We haven't migrated some of the best learnings from the fields of performance to that, and I anecdotally figured that out for myself for the tournament of champions training and for my deadlift training. And what I've done is sort of take those two things that are polar opposites yep. and and then researched and and validated what I figured out for myself. From already accredited professional performance methodologies. Exactly. Like, I have to do my scales if I'm being a piano player. Correct. I hate doing my scales, yeah. but I have to do my scales. And also what they've found is that there are particular ways of practicing your scales that are more effective or less effective. Right. Right. Um, and, and, and plus all the, a lot of the sports psychologist stuff. So I, you know, I've been reading the inner game of tennis, yep. which is uh, one of the first kind of big sports psychology books, which is like Pete Carroll gives it to his players because it's not about tennis. It is about tennis, but, but it's, not it's not about, about tennis. tennis. So what I'm kind of doing is like writing a book using my Jeopardy training as a jumping off point. It's not about Jeopardy. It's about how do you prepare yourself when you, for the things that are important. And, and it could be as small as giving a speech at your friend's wedding, yep. but don't you want to do a good job? Yes. And it, it's not that much work to set up a program that lets you do a better job than you would have. By the way, the wedding speech, the formula is throw under the bus, throw under the bus, <laughs> make everyone say, ah, pause, throw under the bus, all in under 90 seconds. If you break 90 seconds, you gave a te- bad speech. Two minutes, maybe. So, so that's content, all right? <laughs> right, 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 right. No, that's content. I'm, I'm, the, I'm, I'm the content yeah, guy. Yeah. You're the I'm methodology. The con- I'm the context guy. You're the methodology. So how do, you, how do you prepare yourself with your 
under the bus, under the bus, under the bus, ah, wait, under the bus, so that you don't fuck it up when it's time to deliver. So that is very interesting because innately, I don't need to prepare for things like that. Right. But I am... How many weddings have you gone to where like they lose their place, they're not... Every single one of them. That's why I. That's why I always ask if I'm going to give that best man speech. My only criteria is I go last. Right. And it's it's actually not okay. It is a straight up bragging thing, Uh, but it is because I want to erase the bad taste of the other three speeches that you just heard. Because I'm going to be better. Yeah. uh, But that's really fascinating. The methodology on I don't know why I'm good at this. Right. And I don't know how to tell someone else. Like it's 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 um, it's like Ted Williams, right? Right. You know, Ted Williams wrote the science of hitting, right? Uh, and it's still it's still read today. Right. But Ty Cobb was a terrible mentor because he'd just be like, "Just go hit the ball." Right. Like I hit the ball. Right. And they're like, "What do you mean? No, just hit the ball." Right. That's. And I, I think part of what what what. I, I'm not like a natural. I'm not. I. I mean, obviously, I'm enough of a natural at Jeopardy, but I, I wasn't natural enough to compete at the level that I needed to. So I needed to figure out a way. And same with deadlifting. Like I'm not a natural. So I think that, you know, I look at all these people who, you know, it's like, oh, I bombed. I bombed that interview. You know, interviews are a big thing. And I talk to people. I'm like, they, they're like, I've got an interview, and I'm like, how are you preparing? And you're like, oh, I'm like finding out the values of the company and I'm like did it you know and it's like there there are there people have these sort of um received knowledge of like there's sort of like this is how you read through your speech three times oh learn about this blah 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 it's like you're you're is that you know I was like what's the goal I asked so this is just an example a friend of mine had an interview for a job she really wanted and I said what what do you need to do in the interview and she was like well I want to show them that I'm smart and I'm capable I'm like no what you need to do is show them that you're the right person for the job. Smart and capable and all that is a subset of that. Right. But what you need to do is be focused on, because a lot everyone's coming in showing they're smart and capable, but they may not be showing that they're the right person for the job. When you have that insight that they have a problem, which is they need someone to do this job, and you are the solution, Yep. then everything you do to prepare for the interview is focused on that. Right. And it gives you, yeah. it gives you a... A rubric to judge your preparation against. Right. That, that's that's fascinating. So you can apply this sort of metric to all these things. The uh, stand up comedy. I want to give yeah. the speech. I, I'm giving the presentation now. Okay. So everything you've sort of mentioned as a, a, exemplary of this have all been like performative. One person performative towards someone else. Yeah. Is is there other are there other disciplines and yeah. you know like I I I don't I I can't try and I mean um, like test taking. Yeah. Is, yeah. A, is a great one. Um I'm trying to think of um you know even well this is still performative but I actually was you know in my research was reading this uh, a book uh, the obstacle is the way which I'm going to go ahead and say I don't I didn't love the book but it gave a really good example of George Clooney was not doing well uh with auditions until he realized that instead of being an actor with a problem which is he needed to work he looked at it as the casting directors had a problem which is they needed to fill the role and he was the solution. Yeah. Yeah. No. I um, I, I I So yeah, so uh, part of it is just figuring out what whatever your performance thing is and I I use the word performance because 
tests are a performance. Having to do your job is a you're asked to perform, not right. necessarily, not necessarily perform, performative. Perform, yes, yeah. but what's on the other side? And for us on Jeopardy, it was the buzzer, right? Yes, the buzzer is the example. So, are you injecting, not in a negative sense, uh, an adversarial sort of? thing into everything you're approaching like no no it's just about understanding what 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 is on the other side of the table right what's receiving what you're what you're doing yes the 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 position that needs to be filled not the i'm the best person for the position you, you see i saw this when i would do um interviews when i was younger I talked about the things that were interesting to me from my experience and not the things that showed I could do the job that they were looking to fill. Right. And there's so like I had I had experience working in recording studios and I loved talking about it because it was really interesting to me, but I was I was applying for jobs in music licensing and publishing and so they were more interested in the fact that I worked at a big music licensing agency and they didn't give a shit that I'd worked at this cool yeah. recording studio and yeah. but I you know so when you realize that it's like hey I I I understand this whole part of the business very well if I'd focused on that I probably would have gotten more jobs when I was younger yeah it, and it's like the uh the old rubric of uh how do you get the interview? Well, you should ask questions of them. Well, should you? You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I've never really, I mean, I've interviewed enough people that I don't think it's that. I think it's just when you demonstrate like a real uh, facility for what, it's like, you know, I had someone working for me and they were like, I'm smart, I have ideas. And I was like, yeah, but I, I'm paying you to do this other <laughs> yeah, job, yeah, and like yeah. when once when that job is being done to satisfaction, of course, I'm not saying your ideas don't have value, but I'm literally paying you to get something done that the business requires to be done. Right. If you're doing that, then there's plenty of opportunities for your ideas, but until that's being done, your ideas need to kind of be on hold. And maybe that's like harsh for people to hear. No, but you, I think you are a business owner. Yeah. Yes. So it's like if you have that in mind. Hey, so this I I'm, am I solving this problem? And so, like, if you look at it for tests, like, what are the tests that you're taking? Whether it's the LSAT or the GMAT or the SATs or your history tests, like, what are they trying to figure out? And then, if you study, you know, it's like those LSAT classes have it down to a science. They know what the LSAT is looking for, right? And so, they teach you exactly how to. Uh, how to prepare for that. So you're going to go out there and let's do this for everyday life. You know, exactly. we can design a methodology for literally everything you may encounter yeah. and, and, and overcome your anxiety, right. overcome or, your, or, 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 just, or harness your anxiety. Well, I would say neither overcome nor harness, but um, uh, I like the word I heard someone use, which is inoculate yourself to the anxiety. Uh, 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 um, n- not, I don't like the word normalize, but just, Oh, the anxiety's there. I'm used to that. I've been, I've been, I've been training myself to get used to anxiety. Anxiety may not be some the level of anxiety or stress that you encounter in these situations is probably higher than you do in daily life. So, how can you find ways to amp that up mm-hmm. in your preparation for this, so that when you encounter it, it's like, yep, this is that thing that I've been like trained for the anxiety. Train yes, train for the anxiety rather than train for the thing. Yes, yeah. 
oh, God. Yeah. This is- so it's like, you know, when people prep for Jeopardy, they sit on the sofa and watch the show. Or they train at 7 o'clock at night when after their day to work when they've already had dinner and maybe a glass of wine or something like yeah. that. Yeah. That is nothing like what being on the show is. No. There are lights. There are cameras. They're You're doing your at, face. What, are, what do you feel like at 10 a.m.? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Where's I mean, your? What's your metabolic? That's that is the that is the Z factor, which is you know, uh, Anna Lynn, the accountant from Albuquerque, has never been on a stage before. Right. That is, and there there were some contestants who I had played who they just they just froze up. Yeah. Or you know, it's like there's also I I, I think less about the other people, more about myself in terms of like after lunch, am I slower? You know, maybe so. Maybe I should train every day after lunch. Yeah. And just yeah. like get used to getting fast when my body's maybe a little slower, my brain's a little slower, and you can find ways to short circuit that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. And 100% right that like, how, how sharp are you when you just woke up? Because by the way, you're going to do this when you just woke up. Yeah. Or, or you know, is it going to be hot or cold? Are you sitting or standing? I mean, I, I see that so much when people are presenting. They clearly prepared. Standing sitting down or sitting yes. and then they're asked to do it Opposite the other way, way and they don't really yep. they don't have the yep. same so it's like practice both ways that way whatever happens you're ready yeah it's like you there's so many um you can if you start to think a little bit about the context that you're being asked to perform in you can do a better job preparing yourself for surprises and or make things that might be surprises not surprises yes and 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 correctly identify the six variables that may go up down or left or right, right or sitting or standing yeah and identify those yeah coalesce them and be prepared for each yeah. of them you, you let's say you've got a deck that you're preparing people love decks i yeah. hate that Word. I yeah. hate that word. I hate that word. I Do hate you want me to say a PowerPoint presentation? Yes, please. Okay. So let's say you have a PowerPoint presentation that you're preparing. Yeah, you can go through it. Let's try starting at um, page three. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, exactly. It, it, can you do it as, because maybe at page two, somebody gets a call and has to step out of the room. Yep. This happens too on in, in, in the wedding speech scenario where somebody drops a glass and everything gets stopped and then they can't pick it pick up, it up again. again. And I did that. Uh, and it, essentially, it's 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 um, taking taking something that is um, that is serial and and recategorizing it in your brain so that's compartmentalizing. More it, so yeah. with Jeopardy, maybe you probably memorized some lists of things like presidents, vice presidents, uh, UN secretary generals, uh, best picture, best actor, best actress. Uh, Pulitzer Prize winner. Okay, you can recite them in order, but can you do it backwards to front? You or, know? hey, who's what was the best picture in '64? Oliver. No. Damn it, My Fair Lady. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> but the, you know, but it's like, yeah, you can, you know, that after X is Y, but if someone just asks what Y is, it may be harder. So you need to. Take something that, like, basically re-break down how you're preparing for this. Right. And I'd go, op- like, I'd go opposite on that, and I think that's the nonlinear way to, like, sort of address it. Like, you said, what's the, uh, what's the best picture in 1964? And me, on the other hand, I would be thinking, my fair lady was best picture in this year, you know? Right. So now you got it back to front and front to back. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, totally. So I think, I think that there... 
yeah, that's that's the story basically. Like, how can we how can we do a better job in very small ways? And and the the goal of the book is really to be a toolbox. So you don't need every tool for every job, but the more tools you have, the the better when something new when you encounter something new you're like oh this might work for this let me try this or more than that you start to understand the what's going on behind this and you develop your own things right and then and then you could start building that specialized toolbox exactly. for the thing that's very specific for you but right now you got to learn how to use the wrench the hammer and the screwdriver exactly uh, eventually we'll get to the skill saw but yeah. we don't need that yet yeah exactly oh, that's really fascinating i really like that i, I really like that approach like because uh, it's it's multifaceted. It's not just there's not just the adversarial thing. It's not just internal. It's also external. It's right. also analytical. But it also has a little it has a little jazz to it yeah. too. You're like you got to be ready to improvise. You got to yeah. have a little bit of a you got to have a little bit of a loosey goosey nature. Mm-hmm. But you can only be loosey goosey if you've buttoned down everything else. Right. It's like you need the con- you need the content. You have to have the content. But. Um, but there's a way to extend that content so that it's more useful to you. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So let's uh, give it another like couple minutes and let's wrap it up with uh, what's next on the Buzzy Cohen train. Uh, well, I've got a kid coming. Congratulations. So m- whenever I talk about what's next on the Buzzy Cohen train, my wife goes, how about, you know, just being a a uh, hard-working dad of two for a little bit. Um, and that's amazing. Yeah. That's absolutely amazing. It's a, Congratulations. It's a lot. Yeah, we're excited. So um, we've got that. Um, I am I'm working on this book. I'm, do, I'm working a lot with my regular business, which is music and commercials. So that's, that's very busy. Yeah, we're going to have to... We were going to talk about yeah. that. Uh, we're not this time. Yeah. But of course, we're going to talk about that yeah. shortly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm I'm still training a lot. I'm doing two a days right now, which is are are you on uh, are you in hard knocks on the Browns right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm so I'm doing that, and and yeah, like I said, I'm 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 looking for the challenge that like really stretches me in another way. And the hard thing is like the deadlifting was such a hard left turn from Jeopardy, right? How do I make another hard left turn? So here, okay, let's talk about the cooking thing again. Okay. Because I was like... Well, you know what? I, I thought it, when you mentioned cooking, I actually, I actually think baking is yeah. harder. I think that might yes. be a more surmountable, more, a, a higher, a loftier target might be baking. The, di- the problem is, <laughs> because of my weightlifting stuff, I don't really eat baked goods. You don't have to you don't have to eat them. You don't have to eat them. You just have to make but, them. But I I you know it's like you need to be able to try it and see if it works. So so okay, I like, okay, I like okay. chili I like chili cookoffs cuz they are chili very cook-offs. competitive. That's that's pretty cool. That's The that's problem a good one. is it's judged. Right. And I have some issues with, with that. With subjectivity rather than objectivity. Yes. Yes. Like like weightlifting it's like did you there are judges to make sure that you're Completing it and and uh, adhering to the rules. Yes, but ultimately it's empiricism. Yes, and Jeopardy. There are judges who we can have issues with. However, (laughs) yes. However, by and large, it's a very up or down. Yes, you got it or you didn't. And and also there's that uh, again back to what we're talking about. There's that attitude. The judge says no. You say okay. Nope. Nope. 
Nope. Right. Moving on. Moving on. Still, yeah. still got to do it. Yeah. Still got to accomplish it. Yeah. You are wrong, Judge. But that is not my problem because now I have the next issue. Yeah. I have the next critical uh, step. So th- that's that's kind of the hard thing for me. So I so Kilimanjaro came up, but again, it felt a little. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it felt a little Machu Picchu. Yeah, it yeah. felt a little Machu Picchu. So then I was like, what if I rode a motorcycle from the east coast of China mm-hmm. to the west coast of Portugal. Uh-huh. And everyone's like, well, that just sounds like you're going on a fun road trip. And I was like, what if I bicycled? And then they were like, that sounds really hard. I was like, what if I rode a horse? Wait for it. <laughs> I'm afraid of horses. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now And now you've got some empiricism involved yeah. because it's like, I want to accomplish the longest horseback ride and blah, 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 or the only one or, or something. You know, yeah. Like, it doesn't have to be a Guinness record, but it just has to be yeah. like, I'm 94% sure that well, I'm the only one to have ever done this. Yeah. Or just like, it's a short list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I yeah. put myself into a categ- a very short, small category. <laughs> right, yeah. um, a category of essentially one, but hey, I'm the one who came up with that. Yeah. Uh, actually, that's got to be part of the fun, part of the challenge. Yeah. Like, what is the next thing? Yeah, it's, I'm, and I'm having fun with it, and people are throwing stuff at me, and I'm, I'm kind of loving it. Um, you know, the issue with that is that I think that's going to take a long time. I'm afraid of horses, and I've got two young children and Correct. my own business. So Correct. it's a little harder <laughs> to pull something like that off. So maybe maybe a little bit closer to home as closer in to home. the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of but I don't know. I'm 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 like looking for I'm like what is out there that could be really like cool and interesting and different. You know, people are like maybe it's like a spiritual thing. I've already done I used to do a lot of Buddhist meditation, so I've done a, a bunch of silent retreats. But again, that's a hard thing in my current lifestyle. Yes. To do. Uh, what about that thing where they stack and unstack cups? <laughs> oh, those competition or like a Rubik's Cube yeah, thing? Yeah. yeah. No, I'm joking. Yeah. Uh, uh, wow. I don't know. I don't know. I would love uh, to hear from your listeners. Yeah. Let's, what like, What should Buzzy's next thing be? What should it be? I thought. And about- I think we gave you enough information right now to make you know that it can't be. It can't be. Oh, I'm going to juggle a chainsaw. Yeah, every that's been done. It's yeah. got to be. Enough. I thought about building a car. That is awesome. The problem is, then you build it and you've got a car, but it's not necessarily a car you want. Yeah, well, that it could be. It could be, but that's also sort of not your problem. You get rid of the car, right? But like as a a fellow car aficionado collector, right? When I see someone in the Shelby Cobra kit. Uh, it kind of bums me yeah, out. Yeah, okay. You know what I mean? And anything that you would build would ultimately be the like hit whether car. it's whether it's the Cobra kit or like uh you know like a hot rod tea bucket. It's like it's right. all kind or, of kit or, or that 70s that 70s van that was wedge-shaped and based on a Volkswagen, the yeah. brew baker box, yeah. I think it was called. Yeah. Um and yeah, so and, that's kind of. And also, you don't want to do. I'm going to restore a car because restoring a car usually means I'm going to have a car in pieces for four years. You yeah, know? <laughs> and also, it, and yeah, exactly. And also, it's like you ultimately usually end up bringing in. You know, it's like you're not gonna. I'm not a bodywork guy. Yeah, I, like, I, I'm I don't not, know. I'm not gonna paint it. I'm not powder blasting something. Exactly. You know. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, um, so, but I, I actually, but I do like I do like the mechanical or the yeah, engineering thing, like from scratch, building, designing something. Yeah. Like I don't, I, a friend of mine, he is, um, he's a real estate investor, but yeah. as a result, he went to multiple classes to understand the building business, and he went and designed and uh, built a second floor to his house in San Diego. There you go. Not not an architectural bone in his body. Yeah. But he's like, I'm going to learn how to do this. Yeah. And he learned and he built, he designed. And by the way, if you look at this this deck he designed on the outside, you're like, it's got that like that tensile cable and yeah. stuff like that. You're like, this is amazing. Who did this? And right. he goes, I did. I'm like, yeah. I didn't know you knew how to do that. And he goes, I didn't. Yeah. I do now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there, there's there's definitely something about that where it's like, you know, do you find another mountain or do you keep walking until the mountain is in front of you and you have to climb it? You don't have a choice. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what's next, but, um, you know, a friend of mine built a canoe from scratch. It's kind of cool. Go, go a little, little, I don't really little, like canoeing. So. Little, little, little Nick Offerman. A little Nick Offerman. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my dad was a cabinet maker. He's a woodworker. So I've seen all that stuff happen. So it feels a little less like, exciting to me the like power tool thing so i don't know you know it's like i I, in a weird way i didn't think that this was going to be who i was so (laughs) i think i like this person i think i I think i like this because i think there's something like there's a holistic challenge within you thing and i think people resonate that resonates with people because a lot of people don't have that mystical it's almost a mystical drive you have you have this mystical drive for betterment yeah and it just needs to be focused <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and and it, well the, but the thing was like the the deadlifting happened sort of by accident so it's 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 a weird thing for me to be like planning then i think you just got to let it i, I think know but it, i'm i i you know i'm down for people to throw stuff at me because Let's let's get suggestions, but at the same time, get in that canoe and float down the river yeah. and see if the rapids pop up or see if it's just smooth sailing and you want yeah. to take a hike instead. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I definitely don't want something where there's like a real chance of death. <laughs> you know, I'm I, trying to, I mean, that's that like is, the deadlifting had some chance of injury, which occurred, but I was also working with a trainer that minimized yeah, that. Yeah, there so, are certain things where it's like chance of death is so high. we're not going to do a wingsuit skydiving. No, but that looks so cool, it does doesn't look it? So cool, but uh, you know, you look at it and these guys are so good and they're skimming over the ground. You're like, ah, oh, that looks easy. I'm like, no, they are literally meters from death yeah, at all points. Yeah, totally. I mean, I thought about doing like the Baja 1000. That. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Need a co-driver? I've done a lot of... Well, I would do it on a bike. Oh, and on an enduro. That, okay. That would be... I didn't know you were a motorcycle guy. Uh, I'm not... I've I've done it. I've done it. Yeah. So I'm not... I'm a... I I had one, and I, I... I did it, and I rode it around with no license and no license plates on it, and then I'm like, this is fun. I will die on one of these. Yeah. So I turn. I turn solely into a car guy. Yeah. It's definitely you know the 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 organ donor mobile. Yeah. Yeah. But um, you know, my dad raced dirt bikes when he was younger, and he had bikes until I was pretty young, and then he kind of stopped because he didn't want to die with some young kids. But we actually had a a uh, 
a matchless single cylinder scrambler in our living room as a piece of art. That's pretty cool. And it was there until my dad came home one day and two-year-old Buzzy was climbing on it because <laughs> what else would you do as a two-year-old? With a motorcycle yeah, in the room. So yeah, so he, he got rid of it. But, you know, I've thought, you know, and he had a he had a, a, Nor- a Norton 850 Commando that he and his brother Whoa. got in England. So it was British setup. Yeah. They rode it through England and Scotland and then shipped them back. That's amazing. So that's always been... And so I went to... Um, Cabo for my 25th birthday with my parents and my dad and I did a like a four hour ranch road trip on dirt bikes through Cabo so that you know like that doing something like that could be cool but maybe we do it as a rally ride yeah like get a a Ford Raptor or something like that Uh, do uh, uh, the stock class yeah bone stock class we'll make it 300 miles before you know a drive shaft fails but uh, but maybe that's the thing. Maybe we like find. Maybe this is a project we do together where we we work, we get it together, we 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 find the car, we soup uh, up the car. Okay, we find first. We find the class that would be the most competitive. Uh, the least competitive. The least competitive. Yes, of course, the least yes. competitive. <laughs> like 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 uh, you know uh, stock pickup trucks with under two liters displacement and only three speed transmissions. Yes, I'm in that one. <laughs> and then we basically like rebuild one of these. So and, that and then and then we win because the other the other there's guy, like one other car in it yeah, and we and, slash his tire. <laughs> and he's like and he's like he's like I don't think I'm just gonna show up. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it it helps to win when you're the only one in the competition. Yeah. All right. I think I like that. I think yeah, I maybe, like that. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a gem to be polished. Yeah. I no. Think. No. But I, I I like I like I like I like competing in the class of three. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just think like it's it's a yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's next. Like I said, but I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm just uh, excited to find that thing. And I'm just excited to kind of share it with this community of people that have rallied around you, have rallied around me, have rallied around Alan and are excited about like just the attitude. We we all are, we're three very different guys, but I think we all kind of share like a love for this kind of stuff. Yeah. And I, and, and I think what, what made us work so well as a trio was that we kind of gave everybody a different way in Yes, and yes, there are three diverse personalities amongst the three of us. Yes, and it's funny because so I was so somebody posted on your picture of the three of us like uh, a bunch of trios, and one of them was Spock, Kirk, and McCoy. And I felt Ah. so here's what I think, and I want to know what you think. Okay, 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 Spock is. Alan. Duh. <laughs> so, so, I mean, he's so much, he's like light years ahead of us. Yep, yep, yep. I think you're Kirk. Uh, okay. Kind of shooting from the hip. <laughs> shooting from the hip. And I'm McCoy. And I'm just like, kind of like, the like, like. Damn, damn it, Jim. Yeah. Like, get it together. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, well, McCoy, I think uh, maybe we'll just go to this planet instead. And have sex with it. <laughs> And I'm like, damn it, Jim, you've got enough venereal diseases to take down half a Starfleet. <laughs> uh, that's cool, I guess. <laughs> so so uh, I don't know where I was going. But anyway, in the same way that that trio was like some, a little something for everybody, um, I think that we kind of did that. And I think that it's like people are having fun seeing where the three of us are taking it And, next. well, I think... Th- 
uh, for air date of this, we can say where we're taking this next. <laughs> you guys are going to be so excited. Yeah. Uh, the announcement will have been made by now. Okay. So, team play in Jeopardy for the first time ever. Ever. <laughs> ever. <laughs> I mean, mind's blown. Obviously, the producers made me and Buzzy captain, so we have to fight for Alan's love. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mom and are mom and dad getting a divorce? <laughs> yes, yes. Not only are we getting a divorce, there's no shared weekends. <laughs> but, we're, but we're also we're deciding to make our divorce as adversarial as possible <laughs> yeah. and competing against each other. So I don't know. This is going to be immensely exciting uh, and strange and strange because it's 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 formatted in a way that uh, when you guys see it I want it I want to hear everyone's thoughts on it um, I think it's exciting I think some it's people are a little nervous I, about I'm not gonna it lie. I'm nervous and I'll tell you why I'm nervous okay are we doing this yeah we're doing this okay so my nervousness is as you've heard I have been able to challenge myself in these very specific ways how do I then pair that with two people who I can't control? There is now all of a sudden an X factor. And There's I an X factor you, and a Y factor. You don't like X factors and Y factors because well, that is outside of your internal control structure. Well, and it's also like if I, if you know, like when I lost that first day of the finals, I was like, fine, I lost, but like I did it. My, like I bet everything on the final, I got it wrong. I, went down on that evil weevil. Uh, but like I was doing it. Like I was playing my game as much as I could. I was flustered by that awful ruling about the evil weevil retrieval. And I saw it when I, when they re-aired it, I watched it and my wife was like, what's going on? I'm like, I really fought hard for that to be accepted when they stopped tape. And it's hard to recover from that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was hard for me to recover from that in spite of all this training. So how do I, how can I like, even that it's like, if I lost, I lost, but how, how do can you... you reconcile that there's <laughs> someone else who can lose for you? And and uh, back to what I said earlier, like I'm I'm Ty Cobb. I'm like as captain, I'll be like, no, just go out and wager everything and get it right. That's how yeah. it works. Yeah, I mean that's what we do. We go out there, we wager everything, we get it right, and we win the game. And everyone's like. No, 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 because I can't, I can't. Hunting for daily doubles. I can't, and I can't accommodate. I'm like, no, you just literally just go and get every question right. Do what I do, you know? Yeah. And I, uh, so I'm going to be, I'm going to be Ted Williams <laughs> and I'm going to beat the living shit out of your team. Now, well, here's the thing. You have, you have, uh, actually, no, wait, I've managed many people before. I haven't in a couple years, but I, I, maybe I can do this. Maybe I can do this. Uh, I revealed some of my secrets I, today. I, I don't really have any secrets <laughs> other other than other than uh, I'm bringing out my fantasy baseball hat on this one, and I'm drafting by Saber Metrics. You uh, think I'm not? Uh, I think probably everyone is, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might even do it like blind, so I don't even know whose stats I'm looking at until the very last moment. Ooh. Yeah, so I I can't get personality mm. involved. Mm. Uh, See, I I hear that. But then there's also a part of me that wants to really build a team and have people feel supported and on the same page right. and have fun getting ready for this with them. What's cooler, the 96 Yankees where they're all you know young up-and-coming kids or a mercenary team crafted right. by money? Ooh, mm. See? Nah. 
I, I got I got to I got to lean on the side of camaraderie. Yeah, that's where I mean that's chemistry where, and camaraderie because it's like overcome because well mercenary. Well, mercenaries ever they all fight their own way, right? And so it's like, but if you can, I think there's a way to leverage the team aspect between the draft and the taping. Basically, do not put Carmelo Anthony on. <laughs> Whatever you do, do not put Carmelo Anthony on your Jeopardy team. <laughs> yeah, like LeBron and Lance Stevenson is going to be interesting. <laughs> right, right, right. right. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I haven't, I haven't quite mulled this over to the extent that I should because... To the extent I clearly have. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, because like everything, I go, okay, now I'm setting my deadline like to train for Jeopardy. I go, I know I'm going on in three weeks, so right. I've got three weeks out. And this one, I'm like, I don't, I don't have a schedule for this. Yeah, it is, it is weird to know so far in advance and fig, try to figure it out and... There's a, and like you said, there's a lot of X factors. Yeah. There's a lot of X factors. There's and there's a lot of great players in the tournament, and there's a lot of wild card players where you're like, I don't know, no. And don't also, know. you know, uh, even even I, the metrics don't necessarily tell the whole story. And I don't, I don't have a long history of actually watching Jeopardy. So there's some people on the list. I don't know who they are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm. By the way, I am the world's worst Jeopardy contestant in that I don't know anything about Jeopardy. Yeah. <laughs> Other than what I've seen on stage, everyone's like, "Oh, did you see the last?" Th-? No, I'm like, "No, I did not." Yeah. I, I do not watch the show. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think I'm gonna, <laughs> I think I'm gonna crater this thing. I think. I don't I'm, know. I mean, I think you just gotta like do it your way. I know. I think I'm. I think I know I'm, it's like a cheesy thing, but it's like the way to have fun is to be well prepared. Like if you when you see people not having fun, it's because. They they haven't prepared themselves the right way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I will be prepared attitude wise. Will I be prepared technically? And that's a we'll question. Ah, oh, this is going to be so exciting. All right, guys. I think uh, that's enough time. We've, we're going to wrap it up. But you, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on your opinion, you're going to see a ton of me and Buzzy and yeah. Alan and everyone else from Jeopardy in the coming weeks and months and. Yeah. Uh, in March, we will see what happens with the first ever Jeopardy team play and tournament. I'm looking forward to beating you again. I'm looking forward to having a Hail Mary come out of nowhere and just fall my way like it usually does. Yeah, like well, like it did for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Have a good night, good afternoon, etc. etc. Bye, Buzz. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.